Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on? It is Wednesday. This is your host, Derek Oakry. You can find me on Twitter, at Derek Oakry. I'm coming to you solo today on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, where we know, where you know... That every week, twice a week, we do this. Drink it in, man. We talk Detroit Lions football, and I got a jam-packed show today, so let's get right into it. One of the first things I want to do off the top is I know everybody is sick of talking about COVID-19. I mean, everywhere you turn, that's all we're hearing about. We know it's an issue. We know there's going to be problems throughout the year. We know there's lots going on right now with people opting out all the different things that are going on. But overall, on this show, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm going to talk about football. I'm going to talk about the Detroit Lions. Today, we're going to talk about areas of strength, areas of weakness. I also want to talk about team versus stars once again to kind of see where this team, uh, you know, where they fit in the the grand scheme of the NFL. Uh, I've got some can they play. I want to talk to you about a couple guys that I'm wondering, you know, can these guys play football for the Detroit Lions and at an NFL level, or are they going to wash out or, or be underperformers? We'll talk about that and uh, lots, lots more on the show. So let's go ahead and get right into it. The only COVID-19 stuff I do want to get into is this first item. Everybody knows that our uh, our fearless quarterback, you guys know who he is. <laughs> Word comes out that he has... COVID-19, he tests positive. I mean, they came out of nowhere, you know, worst case scenario for any Detroit Lions fans. I mean, it it seemed very odd, no doubt about it, but it was disconcerting, you know, the first big quarterback to get it, kind of the biggest high-profile player to get it is on the Detroit Lions. But uh, sure enough, before I start recording here, uh, word came out that it was a false positive. So Stafford's back, Isaac Nott is back. Justin Coleman's back, you know, Hawkinson and Galladay, I haven't heard updates on them, but the Detroit Lions had lots of people go on this list uh, right away, but uh, I think that, you know, you just don't know right now. It's just testing period. They're not doing really anything on the field anyway, so I'm just telling all the fans, all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there, like, don't worry too much about this. You know what I mean? Just take it as it comes. Take it as, uh, you know, 
It's just something we're going through right now. And just continue to hope that we'll have football. Be optimistic and know that, you know, just because Stafford went on this list doesn't mean his family's in jeopardy. doesn't mean that, you know, he's not going to be our quarterback this year. I mean, the season's over. Just get all that Grifka talk out of there. I mean, Grifka's not on the show today, so there would be no negativity. We're we're talking positive. So, um, you know, let's get that out of the way. The other thing, um, non-football I want to say, is I'm using a new mic and and new headphones, a new setup today, Uh, just trying something different, as I like to do. So we'll see how the quality comes out, see what you guys think compared to what we previously do. Um, Get your feedback on Twitter with that. But um, one more thing about Stafford, non-COVID related, (laughs) non-Rona related. I mean, can Matt Stafford light it up this year? And if so, what what does that even mean these days? I mean, this guy's in year 11. Here, here's the thing with Stafford that's been crazy. So he, he came on the scene, you know, 09, 2010, whatever year it was. Um, the new young gun, you know, 2011, 2012, he had some of those crazy statistic years. And then he sort of was just here. You know, he was a good quarterback, but he wasn't great. He was turning the football over. We still weren't winning ball games. Everybody was almost done with this guy. Then he comes back and starts playing good football again, kind of having an up-down, up-down type of year. So last year, he blows up in those first eight games. I mean, leading the league in touchdowns, crazy quarterback rating, all this stuff. Tremendous, right? Everybody loves seeing that from our, our leader, our quarterback, our top guy, highest paid guy on our team. I mean, but then he goes out injured, misses the whole season, and now we're going into 2020, and I feel like we're back to the old, people are just penciling him in as, oh, he's just going to have crazy stats, and oh, he's he's a sleeper, he's an MVP candidate. I mean, again, on this show, on this podcast, we are always talking about we're happy to have Matt Stafford as a quarterback, we support the guy. But I'm just out here to say, what's the ceiling? What's this guy going to do? Is he going to go out and throw 4,500 yards, 35-plus touchdowns, limited picks, uh, win games in the fourth quarter, beat the good teams? I mean, because if so, that's what we need. And I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. But I'm also here to be a little bit uh, pump the brakes on people just again you know, just serving Matt Stafford up as everything is going to be perfect for this guy when normally he comes out and he sort of has some ups and downs, some good games, some bad games. I mean, he doesn't really beat the good teams most times. And people will say, well, look at his O-line. Look at his running. Look at his wide receivers. I feel like he's got everything he needs. So I'm on the, the train of, yeah, this could be that great year for Matt Stafford. It's a crazy year in the NFL. If he's healthy, he can obviously make all the throws. He could put up big stats. But I'm just, I just need to see it again. And I need to see it for a full season. And I need to see it with this new complement of running backs. Uh, he's got his wide receiver core back. You know, will he get Hawkinson involved the way he needs to? I mean, all those things are important. So we will see. But uh, I'm curious what all you guys think out there. I know a lot of people are just mailing it in that he's got this incredible season ahead. And then there's the, you know, the pessimistic Grifka types that are, are kind of just waiting to say, well, I mean, Grifka usually supports Stafford on the show, but you know what I mean. Those people out on Twitter, social media, or even the people that just think the Detroit Lions can never do anything good that wrote that wrote number nine off a couple years ago. It doesn't matter what he does moving forward. So it's going to be curious. That's kind of the biggest thing, I think, with the whole team, how this guy plays and if he if he balls out, if he doesn't. Let's go ahead and um, move to our next two topics uh, I want to talk about areas of strength. Now, I'm just talking positions, you know, positions of strength on this team. 
I wrote down a couple bullets, and I'll just talk through them. So to me, the areas of the strength on the Detroit Lions are quarterback, running back, wide receiver on the offensive side of the ball, and then on defense, safeties, and linebackers. Now, I'll add a little more context. I mean, again, areas of strength of the quarterback, the reason it gets that is because Matt Stafford is an upper echelon quarterback from a talent perspective. I mean, his contract is nice now. It, it makes sense in the you know, litany of other NFL quarterbacks and what people are getting paid. If healthy, which is always the disclaimer everybody puts on everything, you know, he can be dynamic and, and be as good as some of the best throwers in the game. And, and I actually like Chase Daniel. I think that he's the perfect, you know, backup type. He, he does, he's a, you know, a study guy. He's a guy that could come in a pinch. He can make a few plays. Uh, you don't have to pay him a ton of money. People are like, well, they paid him like four or five million. Yeah. Four or five million for a backup quarterback that started games in the NFL and done some things like, yeah, that's decent. Um, and they have a couple project guys that they can work on, Blau and otherwise. So, you know, quarterback, you know, is a strength. And when you can say that your team is in a better standing than some in the NFL. When we look at running backs, I mean, running backs to me have always been a weakness of the Detroit Lions, a big weakness since Barry hung it up. But now we got Swift, we got Carrion, we got Bo. Those are your top three. They all bring a little bit something different to the table. I think they can all work good. There's no big egos in that group. Ty Johnson and Huntley are those speed, versatile types that you kind of don't know what you're going to get. You're a little hopeful, but when you compare them to maybe some of the other NFL depth-type running backs, I don't know that they measure up right now. I'd like to see you know some um, some speed and some electricity out of those guys. So where you know if they're on the field, you might get a big play, you might get a big touchdown. But TBD with both of those guys. But overall, when you can have those top two and you can have a guy like Bo Scarborough, who I think is 24 years old or so, that has some thump, he has some wiggle, he came from a big program, I think you can be excited about those top three. I'd be curious if I put those top three against other groups. I mean... They're not going to hang with like the Baltimore Ravens who are running out Mark Ingram, you know, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edward, all these guys that have actually legitimately done it in the league. But, you know, I, I really like the Detroit Lions running back core for probably the first time, like I said, since number 20 walked away from the game. I think they can be dynamic. I think Swift may take a little bit longer than most people like to get up and rolling, but when he does, I wrote it on USA Today Lions Wire in my top 10 fantasy football running backs article that came out recently. If you didn't check that out, please go to USA Today, the Lions Wire, and check that out. DeAndre Swift's going to be special. He's going to be fun to watch. He's going to be a player that we can hang our hat on here for the next uh, four or five type seasons, and I'm excited about it. I think he's going to be a great player. Wide receivers. Um, obviously, the wide receivers are a strength for this team. They uh, are all returning. They have good rapport with Matt Stafford. I don't know what the heck their plan is for 2021 because I'm not hearing any rumblings about Kenny Galladay's contract. I don't think Danny Amendola returns again on another one-year deal. Marvin Jones, I mean, everyone's writing him out the, you know, sending him out the door. But, I mean, if he wanted to sign a 2-3 type year extension at a decent number, I think he's a tremendous person both on the field and in the community. Uh, he seems to just be getting in better and better shape every year. He's everything you look for in the prototype wide receiver from a size, athleticism. I, I don't know why you wouldn't bring him in to be the uh, the Batman to Kenny now as the number one. So I'm not writing that off. I know everybody wants to get younger, and, and you've got pieces. You know, Marvin Hall, I'm really curious to see what he can bring because 
I think people too are giving him this unbelievable, you know, oh, he's 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 the number four. He's he's this great deep threat. I mean, he was decent last year in the on the deep balls, but I, I got to see a little bit more from the guy. Quintez Cephas coming in at that number five type role, I think is great. I think he's going to get more PT with Geronimo Allison opting out. And I'd love to see a little bit from Travis Fulgham as well. You know, I'd like to see him. I'm, I've already said on this show multiple times, I'm writing off Jamal Agnew. Now, can Jamal Agnew maybe make this team as a versatile piece and make a few plays on a Sunday here or there? Yeah, he could. And people come at me, oh, look at, look at Jamal Agnew. Yeah, look at the one or two plays he's going to make that might excite you. He's not a player I can hang my hat on or, or add as a strength to this wide receiver core. But when you're looking at four or five type receivers that all have good rapport, that have been here, that know the system, yeah, I'm going to call that a strength of the team. Let's go ahead and move over to defense. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was our safety depth and our safety strength. When you're talking about Tracy Walker, when you're talking about Deron Harmon, and when you got Will Harris in there, I mean, those are three guys that I think can play together, can play at a really high level. I, I've been a big Will Harris supporter, and I'm a little bit on the side now of can Will Harris really play at a high level? Was he miscast last year? When I look at him in the uniform and even the way he moves as a football player, I'm like, man, this guy's special. Like, He can be a leader. He can be a captain. He can be a hitter. He can be a guy that can learn how to play better in space. But he didn't show it to me last year. He got beat a lot. I mean, I think his rating against coverage was one of the worst you know, with the opportunities he had out there. He's got to get a lot better, but he still makes my top three safeties and somebody I'm happy to have on the team. So when you have those top three guys, and you can also, I know Kirsch just got suspended for three games, I believe it was, but I think he's a good uh, football player to bring in here as well. A little bit of an upgrade maybe from what an aging Tavon Wilson gave you. I think they can be dynamic at safeties. I mean, I can't wait to see Tracy Walker come down in the box with those long arms, waggling, um, getting ready to D up on a tight end. I can't wait to just, gosh, I mean, I just feel like, you know, Deron Harmon, you can just do lots of different things on defense because he's used to being that only safety back. I mean, my other podcast, Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions, the one and only Benny Blades, um, former safety for the Detroit Lions. He loved Deron Harmon. He said, man, this is the vet. This is the guy you could put in the back. He said, Benny Blades said the key to being a safety is deep, be deep, be deep as the deepest. And I think Deron Harmon can always be that last man back as well as play the football. So I'm tremendously excited about him. And like I say, we'll see where the young cat, Will, Will Harris, comes in. But I like him as well. I'm going to continue to support him. But I hope his play picks up this year, no doubt about it. A lot of people might fight me on this next one. I mean, <laughs> uh, linebackers, I feel like they're a strength of this team. We have a lot of them on the team. We have a lot of different type football players, but guys that I think can really play. So others may hate on it. I mean, when I look at this linebacker core, I mean, I say this. <laughs> Are there some question marks? Absolutely. But, I mean... Is Jelani Tavai going to start in the middle and be a, a force, you know, in the run game as well as be better in coverage? I tend to think so. You know, is, is you know, Jamie Collins going to be that linebacker that Matt Pat has always wanted and missed on this team? They paid him as such, and he really needs to be, and I think he can be, so I'm excited about that. Jared Davis, just before I started recording, had a press conference. He's in the best shape of his life, which, again, you know, Grifka and others want to make that a big joke. I think there's nothing wrong with being 
five, 10 pounds heavier, full of muscle, faster, knows the game, you know, able to process better in his, uh, what, going into his fourth season or whatever it is here. I mean, I'm not writing JD off. I think I had a hot take on a podcast uh, last week, I believe it was, where I said, I, for some reason, I think it's all going to click for this guy. And he's going to go from hated on player to, wow, like, Jared Davis turned it around and we're so happy to have him on our team and maybe keep him around for the next few years. So I really hope that happens. I mean, the rest of the core, you're looking at, you know, Christian Jones. A lot of people uh, have a lot of hate for him. I mean, him and JD are working out this year. A lot of people say, well, perfect. Those are both guys that can't play football and can't cover a coffee table and can't do anything. And, and my thought is they're big athletic linebackers that fit this scheme that, you know, you go back and watch the tape, there's times Christian Jones is sacking the quarterback. He's um, being an absolute physical monster in the run game. And then, yeah, of course, there's those times where he's getting beat in the uh, in the coverage game. You know, he's trying to cover people. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, we're already four or five guys deep. You know, Jalen Reese maybe does he make the team as a special teamer? You know, we'll wait and see. But, uh, but yeah, I, you know, Reggie Raglan as well, a former first round pick out of Alabama is a guy that I think adds depth and uh, makes it a strength for the team. So I'm excited about those groups. I mean, we're going to move to the weakness areas of weakness here. And, and I guess my one thing is like, you know, on offense, when you have QB running back wide receiver as your strengths, you got to feel pretty good. We'll get to some of their weaknesses, but when you look at defense and really, you know, safeties and linebackers, the only things I could give as, as strengths. You know, it's still a little bit of a concern, no doubt about it. Now, you'll hear my weaknesses and understand maybe why some of those areas you guys are out there yelling at your phone or um, however you're listening to this podcast saying, well, you forgot this or what about this? We'll get to it, you know, but I think that if we had a few more strengths or a few more blue chip guys, that would really help the overall situation. So let's get to weaknesses here before we take our commercial break. Um, You know, to me, the areas of weakness on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I wrote down offensive line. Um, the reason I wrote that down is I feel like with no OTAs, no offseason, you know, getting Hal Vitae up to speed as well as changing, you know, you, you got a new right guard, you know, you might have a new left guard, you have, um, you know, some moving parts there, some guys that are still trying to figure out, are they starters, they backups, we got a couple rookies coming in, that's what it makes it a weakness for me. Now, of course, when I say a weakness, of course it could be a strength, you know, if Hal Vitae comes in and plays the way he was paid, um, you know, and let's say Jonah Jackson is all he's billed up to be as a plug-and-play type player, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe we're a strength. Maybe we've had Joe Dahl in there the last couple of years, and maybe he's just not good enough. I mean, Grifka would say, I mean, maybe he's... um um He's not that great. I mean, maybe that's the case for Joe Dahl, because... I, I like the guy, but he maybe he's a backup in the NFL. You know, maybe uh, maybe he needs to be replaced or pushed. You know, we'll see. So, it's a it's a weakness in my opinion, but it could be a strength, and we'll just have to wait and see on it. My other area of weakness, this hurts my heart because I I talk about this every week, and I'm a huge fan of number 88. But I had to put our tight ends sort of as a weakness still. I mean, when you have T.J. Hawkinson, who's only a second year player, a guy that yeah, he came out like gangbusters, but then basically did nothing, had a pretty severe injury. And then behind him, you have this $7 million um, just waste of space called Jesse James. I mean, yeah, I was I was supportive of this guy, and I wanted him to be good, but he was 
he was terrible. He wasn't even on the field when he was. He, he made like two plays all year. I mean, that's your number two guy. And then when you look after that, what what's Isaac Nada done in the league? Nothing. You know, what's what's his physical athleticism? Not that great. I mean, I I even have high hopes for Hunter Bryant, but it's like you still can't call that a, a good tight end core when other teams in the league have two top tight ends or an absolute stud or an established guy or a veteran that just knows what he's doing and can block somebody, uh, you know. Who, who's the blocking tight end on this team? Isaac Nada? I mean, I can't say I have much confidence that he's done it at a high level or can be consistent for the whole year. Um, you know what, Jesse James, is he going to take this huge leap forward and be this dynamic piece both in the pass and the run game? Eh, I tend to think not. So, you know, TJ Hawkinson could blow up. He could be that guy that, hey, you just don't take him off the field and he you could throw it to him all day long and he actually gets a little more rough and tumble in the blocking game, yeah, that could happen. And if he's healthy for all 16 games and you limit the play of the other guys, give them limited roles, and maybe bring an undrafted guy like Hunter Bryan along, yeah, maybe you have three, four guys there that can get the job done. But right now, I had to chalk those two areas of weakness. And like I say, the other three main areas on the offense are strength. So, you know, that, that still bodes well for an offense, but there is a lot of importance on offensive line, seeing what they can do. Areas of weakness on defense. I mean, I've been preaching for a long time. Defensive end. I mean, you don't have many bodies there. I do like Trey Flowers as a football player. I am optimistic. I mean, again, I like myself a big helping of that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. (laughs) But, I mean, can I just pencil in Austin Bryant all of a sudden as a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end that's going to just be great? Not really. I mean, we've got Okwara, who had one pretty good year here and one where were you type of year. Can he blow up? We'll see. I'm trying to think who else. And then we've got a bunch of, like, no-name guys. I mean, if they go out and get, um, you know, if, if they go out and get Griffin, Everson Griffin, like, tremendous. Like, if he's if he's ready to roll, put him on the other side of Flowers, bump the other guys down a peg. Hey, I like that a lot better, and obviously, like, I'm waiting to see what we have from Julian O'Quara from a rush perspective. I know he's more of a linebacker, but I could see him putting his hand in the dirt, rush the quarterback, as well as, um, you know, the linebackers, some of the other linebackers that they could bring off the edge and, and do some things. So um, we'll see. We'll see where they go. I mean, defensive tackle as well is my next weakness. I mean, I like Danny Shelton. I really like Deshaun Hand. But I don't know that I like any other players on this team. And that's only two defensive tackles. Nick Williams, he's a wild card if you ask me. He had one good year in Chicago. And you're hoping that between Nick Williams, Shelton, and Hand that you can get by from a defensive tackle perspective in the NFL in this year that is going to be marred by people in and out of the lineup. That worries me, you know. I would like better depth there and and see maybe if they can add a player that's a little more established and that can do the things they like. I think the Lions think they can just get by with a guy that fits their scheme and a and a guy that plugs holes. I mean, we'll see. I I would like a, a more dynamic player than that as well as a little bit better depth at, at both the defensive end and the defensive tackle position. So my final area of weakness, again, this is probably going to get me some heat on Twitter. You can find me at Derek Okree. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Um, 
you know, I put the cornerbacks as an area of weakness. And the funny part about that is I feel like the Lions are putting more emphasis on cornerback than they have in the, uh, I don't know, the last decade. You know, they actually drafted one high. They traded for a vet that I think can play some football. They have A.O. who can make plays. I don't have the sound bite, everybody. I'm sorry, but it goes a little something like this. Oh, baby. Um, or your warrior could be, he could be special. He really could. I loved him at Penn State. When I watched him, he was, he has the Tracy Walker-like arms as well as the guy that will just man you up. He'll just come out and man you up. Uh, Okuda is going to be really fun to watch. He will man you up. He will uh, do all types of things at the cornerback position. He never worries about getting beat deep. And he's just a tremendous football player, I think, from top to bottom. So, you're probably saying, well, okay, why, why you got why you got a good vet and two good young guys that you like a lot in your uh, this area of weakness? Because when I put up my you know depth chart on my magnet board, everybody behind those guys was rough. I mean, we're talking about the wind psych, wind sock, Mike Ford. We're talking about a guy, Daryl Roberts, who people say, oh, well, he started at the Jets. I mean, who couldn't start for the Jets the last few years at cornerback? I mean, it's ridiculous over there. I mean, who else you got? I mean, you're moving Jamal Agnew from corner to uh, wide receiver. I mean, can't be any worse at wide receiver than he was at corner. Uh, and who else you got? A bunch of nobodies back there. So, again, it's a depth issue for me. I like to build my team on depth, especially at, at corner and some of the other important positions. I don't know, like defensive end um, and, and the interior. Three spots that I feel like the Lions are very thin if their top guys ball out and stay healthy, you won't notice it. But a couple big injuries, and man, those are going to become big-time weaknesses really quick. But I do like that they invest in Okuda. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl-type special player for years to come. I think Trufant can be that good vet, but I'm not totally sold on it. i got to see him on the field. And I'd love it if AO just had a great camp. And next thing you know, it was kind of like, hey, we just roll this guy out you know, um, you know, know, anytime we need to. And I didn't mention Justin Coleman. I, he's he's a coin flip at this point. He's a very high-paid coin flip. I feel like he can be really good, but I feel like he's got to be a lot better, a lot more consistent than he was last year. And if those, t- I'll give it to you. If those top four are good and play good football, obviously it becomes a strength of the team. I think I put it more as a weakness because I haven't seen it yet. Obviously, I haven't seen Okuda play one down. I haven't seen Trufant in a Lions uniform. He was hurt, obviously, last year. And, you know, Coleman is paid very highly. He better be a sticky, sticky type slot corner this year to be able to afford that money and be worth that contract. So we will see what happens. But, you know, pretty even. Three offensive strengths, two defensive, and then weaknesses. Two offensive weaknesses, three areas of defensive weakness. So I think it, it, it balances out, and uh, we'll talk more about that after the break. So um, everybody, please uh, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Uh, we're going to be really gearing up. I mean, before you know it, I think it's August 17th, the Lions will be doing on-field type stuff. And before you know it, a couple weeks later, we'll have, we'll have football games to talk about. So I'm really excited. Share this with the Lions fan. Tell them, check us out. Hit that subscribe button. Listen to us Wednesdays and Fridays here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And I just want to get a, a plug in again for my Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions podcast drops every Thursday morning. That's uh, me and former Lion, Benny Blades, talking Lions here uh, once a week. We got a really fun show coming to you this week. 
And uh, me and Benny are getting in our groove, getting to know each other, and he's a tremendous guy. It's fun to hear his stories from back in the uh, back in the '90s there with the Lions, and uh, great football player. He's got some great opinions on different things. So please uh, check that out. It's the Believe Podcast Network. B L E A V. Believe in Lions. Uh, please check that out as well. So everybody, will take a quick break, get our ads and sponsors in here, and we'll come back and talk all things Detroit Lions. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, we're back from the break. Thanks so much for listening to our sponsors. We got Grifka in on the sponsors now. He put in a little work and and did some uh, revising of our sponsors. If you fast forwarded through, go back and listen to those. We got Grifsky in there, the waffle maker. He'll be back next week talking all things Lions with me. So... Um, everybody, thanks for hanging in there. We got still lots to do here after the break. Well, let's talk team versus stars. Our t- is a team in football going to get you more W's than having some blue chip NFL favorites, you know, stars on your team? I feel like the Detroit Lions last couple of years have taken this approach of building a team by good draft picks, by in- inexpensive, you know, contracts. You know, they're they're willing to. Uh, try to develop their top players. You know, they obviously will pay a guy like Matt Stafford and otherwise, but they also have tried to build it, you know, team-based. You know, they have a lot of versatile pieces. You hear that word all day, every day with the Detroit Lions. Um, you look at this roster, and if you're talking stars, I mean, when when I've been asked, well, who are the star, who are the top players on Lions? I mean, you're basically starting at the quarterback position with Matt Stafford. You know, you're looking at Kenny Galladay as a star, you know, TJ Hawkinson has the ability to maybe be a star at the tight end position here in the next couple seasons. And, you know, that's about it. You know, can, can DeAndre Swift be a star at running back? I mean, I think so, but not not from day one. So you basically got three star type players on the offense side of the ball. Now, the, the team part of it is... You know, Marvin Jones is a good football player. Danny Amendola knows his role and plays it well. You know, you have a carry-on Johnson there who was only drafted three years ago, I believe. Like, he can play football and can do some things in the run game. You, you've got good depth pieces, even on the offensive line. There's nobody there that's going to be perennial pro bowler. But I, I obviously like Taylor Decker, left tackle. You've got other guys. Uh, Frank Ragnow could be a star. I don't want to leave him off the list. He could be a star, even though he plays center. Um, you know, that's an important position, both on the football team and especially on the offensive line. That's the captain. That's the guy making the calls. So, you know, I think they have good players at a lot of positions, especially on offense. But they don't have many stars, and I wouldn't say 
they got really any superstars because I wouldn't call Kenny a superstar. I'm not willing to put Matt Stafford as a superstar quarterback. So a few star-type players, no superstars, but a good team on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, I mean, I think it's similar. Stars on defense, you know, Trey Flowers uh, paid like a star. I feel like he has the things you look for in a defensive end, meaning um, length, toughness, size, ability to get after the quarterback and play the run game. He qualifies as a star-type player for me, even though he's not going to wow you. He's not going to do any sack dances that get you all excited. Um, I put him as a star. Tracy Walker, to me, is a emerging star. I hope to see it as early as this season. I even saw an interview with him recently. I think he was on the... Glover Quinn podcast, the DB room, and uh, he just loves football, man. This guy like says he's itching to get back. He's been finding all the little things in his game that he can do better. I feel like he's ready for an absolute breakout, and people will be looking at this guy as a guy that has swag, he has athleticism, he has length, and he's just a ball player. Like, I think that's what you'll be saying about Tracy Walker after this year. You know, do we hope that Okuda is a star? Yeah, but he can't go in that category right now before he ever plays it down. Um, you know, and then uh, there's nobody else I can really put in that star category. Now, again, let's move to the team aspect. Do I like Jamie Collins uh, in the role he'll play here? Yeah. Do I like uh, Deron Harmon as a vet on the back end being a safety? Absolutely. Do I think Trufant is an upgrade from what we had last year at number two corner? Of course I do, and I'm excited about it. Do I think AO can take a step and be a ball player in year two and be a guy that is a young corner with length that we can like moving forward? Absolutely. I mean, AO, now by the end of this year, we're saying, oh, baby, uh, when you hear that name. But uh, he's got to do it. He's got to prove it. You know what I'm saying? So we, we will see what happens with all these guys, but I think they can all be good football players, good team guys, but not guys that are going to absolutely wow you or somebody that's, um, you know, considered a star when you're looking at the NFL landscape. Now, again, looking at other areas of the team, like Austin Bryant, you know, Johnny Tavai, um, Deshaun Hand, you know, even Jared Davis, um, who else am I thinking of? Uh, Justin Coleman, you know, uh, Aquara, there's a cool Aquara boys, both of them. I mean, people can hate on it. People can look at the Lions roster and say, how can you talk about like all these guys being like good players or good people on the team when they're not winning ball games? And I'm like, to me, if you just look at the salaries a lot of these guys are getting, the things they do on the field, the versatility they have, the upside a lot of the young guys have, I, I just pencil them in as, as good players you want on your team, you want on your football team. But again, they're not stars. The Lions aren't trying to pay a few players 20 plus million and win that way. They're not trying to put all their resources into offense like some of these teams you see in the NFL where they think like they can all just be the Kansas City Chiefs and win that way. The Lions are trying to build a football team, A to Z, top to bottom. And it's been a debacle the last two years based on injuries and things. But I feel like this year, there's a good chance it's not only going to all come together, but people's eyes are going to be opened from some of these young cats that are going to come on the scene and be good players that you're like, wow, I had seen nothing from that guy. And now all of a sudden he's he's out there a lot on the field. And when he is, he's making p- plays. And that's a good thing. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, do the Lions have enough blue chip guys? 
those are those top echelon guys. Those are guys you put the, the blue dot next to in the draft that you just know are going to be absolute studs when you bring them into your team. My answer is no. You know, they don't have enough blue chip guys. But I think based on their team, the scheme, the coaching, some of the things that I think are all going to come together and make sense for all of us Lions fans, like they can make up for some of that. Would I like them to have probably one to maybe three more blue chip guys, both on, you know, spread out on the football team, offense and defense? Yeah, three total guys would be tremendous. Two, I think, would really help this team. And one more blue chip guy, whether it's this year or next year, I think can really boost this team on multiple, multiple levels. Let's go ahead and finish out the show with this. Can they play? Can these guys play? (laughs) I got some names here. I'm going to tell you if I think they can play. You know I'm going to go positive. You know I think a lot of these guys can play, but some of them I'm a little worried about. And I'm curious what you guys think. You can can find me on Twitter, Instagram, um, all types of social media, and tell me what you think about some of these guys. But uh, the first name I wrote down was Austin Bryant. This was a guy that we didn't see much from last year. When he did come back, I didn't think he was very special, but... I I do think he's a good player. He's got a good body build. He's athletic. I feel like they're going to rush him more, which will help him out. I don't see him as a coverage type player. I think Austin Bryant can play. Now, I don't know what his optimal level is. I really liked him in college, and I was happy when the Lions took him. He is on the pup list again, which I don't know if that's a lingering peck, shoulder injury, whatever he had last year. But, you know, he's going to have to shake the injury bug at the next level. But if he's out there... I think he's a plus player both on the defensive line or if you can move him around a little bit. So, you know, that's exciting. Um, My next guy, can they play? Big V, Hal Vitae. Can he play? I mean, I think every Lions fan needs to be asking this question because we haven't seen it. The guy hasn't been out on the field much. When he has, it's been hit or miss. Can he be better than Rick Wagner? Sure, because Rick Wagner proved to be somewhat of a stiff towards the end of his career. I I mean, yeah, maybe his pro football focus grades were somewhat decent. But those last year or so, I mean, gosh, he would get burnt and he could not move his feet. He he just didn't seem to have that fire you need. Hal Vitae, I saw a clip from him yesterday. Um, I think they were at Media Day and Hal Vitae was like, let's go kick some ass. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Hal Vitae, you got that type of of mojo. And I know, uh, you know, Jonah Jackson does as well, you know. Frag now, I want him to be a little bit tougher, and uh, we know Stenberg's got some dog in him, some nasty, so maybe it'll be better just based on that alone. We will see, but uh, how Vitae, can he play? I mean, gosh, you hate to do it. He's a wait and see for me now, or uh, uh, not so much, you know, uh, is, is my natural inclination. My next on can he play? True font. You know, can this guy come from the Atlanta Falcons where he was injured last year? He used to be a a top-level corner. He's on that backside of his career. Can can he come into the Detroit Lions and both be a mentor and be a guy that you're like, man, he can play. He he can can man up in corner. He can hit you. He'll tackle. I don't know. I need to see it right now. Can they play Trufant? I mean, I'm going to put him as, yeah, he can play because he's been in the league. He's done it. But can he still play? I guess is the question. We'll wait and see, but I hope so. 
Oh, man, my next one. Can they play the outlaw, Jesse James? Can he play? No, he can't play, man. When he came in, I was like, man, this guy has size. I think he was like 24, 25 years old. I sort of liked him in the draft process coming out of Penn State. I remember saying I liked the signing on the podcast. Once I saw him out on the football field, this guy is stiff. He's rigid. He can't block very well. He was just nothing in our offense. Will we see better this year? I mean, how can we see worse than he was last year? So can he play? No, he can't play. I'm sorry he's still on the team. I hope he makes a couple more plays this year, which would mean maybe a handful, maybe two handfuls if we're lucky. But that's about all you're going to get out of Jesse James. If there's any way we can get out of this contract, Bob Quinn, please find a way and go find me another tight end to uh, back up TJ Hawkinson other than Jesse James. Can they play Jonah Jackson? Jonah Jackson's a guy, when I went back and watched some more stuff on him recently, I felt like there were times he just he just stay, um, just stiffs his guy at the line of scrimmage and holds him right there. And there's other times this guy gets on roller skates. He's all over the field moving around and getting pushed back and you know thrown around like we've seen other Lions guys do before. Again, the reason I liked him at the end of the draft process was he was great at the Senior Bowl against the best of the best. This guy has a great attitude for football. The Lions loved him when they got to spend time with him. But can he play at the NFL level? Again, it's a little bit of a TBD, but I'm going to give Jonah Jackson the, yeah, he can play because of the type of competition he saw at Ohio State, the ability that I think he has to learn to anchor and learn to move his feet and do some other things, even has the ability to move and pull. But he does have some inconsistencies in his game where I think the Lions fans will be seeing him a few games, watching him get blown up or watching him get tossed around by you know, the, the better defensive tackles and thinking, oh, man, what do we got in this kid? Oh, my goodness. We'll move through these last few pretty quickly. I mean, can he play Will Harris? I talked about it earlier in the show. Um, Will Harris coming out of college was a guy that, you know, people say, like, his college tape was inconsistent or, you know, he wasn't very good in coverage in college either. That's why he's struggling now. He did have some great highlights, though, and my thing with Will Harris was watching his interviews. I know I've mentioned this on the show before. He's a he's a great kid. I mean, he has swag, but he also is really humble and really good leadership qualities. Now with Ron Harmon there showing him the ropes and Tracy taking over that main role, I mean, Harris can just settle into that number three role. Hey, move me around, blitz me, I'm here if anybody gets hurt, no worries there. I think he's got tremendous, tremendous abilities Will Harris, can he play? Hell yeah, he can play. Does he need to play better? Absolutely he does, and it starts here in 2020. Everybody's favorite linebacker, Jared Davis, in year four. Can he play? Jared Davis can play, man. I'm sorry for all you haters out there that just notice every time he gets beaten coverage, every time he, he, he hits the wrong gap. Come talk to me this year when he's flying around the field, making tackles, sacking the quarterback being an absolute physical specimen on the field. Jared Davis can play. He could play at Florida. I mean, he's just a good player, a good guy. He can play. He needs to be more consistent, but I'm not pegging him as a guy that has to be perfect in coverage, perfect in tackling, perfect in scheme reading, perfect in rushing the quarterback. But he's better than other guys I could I could put on this team in his place. So Jared Davis can play, and that's for all you haters out there. 
can they play Jelani Tavai? Jelani Tavai to me is a guy the Lions love and a guy that a lot of Lions Twitter fans have just penciled in as this stud linebacker that is just going to be great on this team. I didn't see much from last year, to be honest. I mean, it was solid plays here or there, nothing that wowed me. Had a couple turnovers, which were nice to see, but Jelani Tavai has to do a lot more to say he can play, but... He needs to play to help this team. I feel like he could be a tackling machine if they put him out in the middle of the defense, but he's never done it. So, you know, you sort of need to see a little bit more than an injury-plagued rookie season from a guy before you anoint him. Or for I, If I had seen splashes and seen just crazy athleticism, great. But Johnny Tavai's not crazy athletic. He's, he's an okay athlete with the ability to be stout, and be the type of linebacker the Lions need to run their scheme. That's it. He's not going to get a lot of interceptions. He's he hopefully can force some fumbles and things like that. But, you know, can he play? Yeah, Tavai can play. But I have no clue what his optimal level is or how high his play can be. That'll be determined here in year two. The final guy on my list is a guy that got paid what looked to be $10 million a year. When you look at the contract, it's not that much, but it's a lot. And this guy is being talked a lot about on the defense. He's being counted on a lot. Can they play? Can he play Jamie Collins? I feel like the default answer is, of course, of course you can play. Like, you know, he's going to be the leader of our linebackers. Jamie Collins was a beast about what? five years ago before he went to Cleveland like is he still a beast how much does he have left in his tank I'm I'm anxious to see him in the Lions uniform I'm saying that I think he's the linchpin of the defense if he's really good that could change everything if he's really inconsistent or even really bad that's not going to be good for this football team so can he play Yeah, Jamie Collins can play. He's shown you he can play in the NFL in this scheme for the New England Patriots. He's also shown you that he will fall off the map at times or be disconnected or be a guy that, you know, doesn't have what you're looking for. But, you know, if the the reviews are good from his teammates and he's in a good headspace and he's still athletic enough to do some of the things he used to do, yeah, Jamie Collins can only play He'll be a nice replacement for Devon Kennard, who everybody loved as a person and as some of the things he did, but he just wasn't athletic enough, couldn't cover, and couldn't get to the quarterback explosively enough to be worth what he the role he had on this team. So Jamie Collins can play. He's an upgrade from Devon Kennard as much as I love Devon Kennard. And I think he's going to play this year and play at a high level. I think Collins is a guy that by week four or five, be excited to have on this team and and hopefully make this linebacker core more versatile, more diverse, and uh, really impactful for the Detroit Lions in 2020. So there you go, everybody. Uh, I think we're at about 40, 45 minutes of talking Lions. Again, new mic, new setup. If it's horrible, we'll change it. If it's great, we'll keep it going. Um, Appreciate you guys listening. It's always fun just to jump on here again. I just have a few bullet points. I just talk in football here on the mic, and I I know I love hearing from all you guys on social media and whatnot. And uh, 
just uh, just love football, and it's getting closer and closer. I'm really excited about it. Don't let the people tell you there isn't going to be a season. Don't let people tell you, oh, man, you know, the Detroit Lions are going to be horrible again. Just look what they did last year. Last year was an anomaly. It's time to get rolling and, and play good football this year. I'm excited to see it. And uh, everybody out there, I hope that you too will uh, be excited for this team and know that football is right around the way. Uh, before we get out of here, again, I uh, don't mention it too much on the show, but uh, any of you guys that love the show or just uh, want to help support us, we're always trying to not only upgrade our equipment, but um, take this podcast to the next level. So if you click on our anchor link that I put out every day, right when the show drops on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, there's a really simple um, sponsor. I think it's support, whatever it's called. You could just click on that, uh, donate to the show a dollar, um, dollar a month, five dollars a month. Some people are donating ten dollars a month. That really helps me and Grifka on so many levels. Um, you you wouldn't understand what a, a small donation does, as well as hitting that subscribe button. Um, leaving us a review on iTunes, I say it from time to time, really helps us. So anything you guys could do to support us, we're going to continue to crank out content. And I think this is going to be a really exciting season for the Detroit Lions in a season that's just crazy on so many levels. I think the Detroit Lions are going to come out rolling. We're going to be talking about it. It's going to be hype. It's going to be exciting. And all the support from the fans, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers means the world to me. And I know I can speak for Rifka. So... Everybody, there it is. Uh, kind of more of just a straight football show this week um, from me on a solo uh, show, Detroit Kool-Aid style. But uh, definitely everybody have a great week. And, uh, again, we always want to tell you to do this here on the show. And uh, football is right around the corner. So don't forget to drink it in. Drink it in, man. Take care, everybody. Keep your ears to what's going on with the Detroit Lions, and we'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.